and I wondered to myself, what would it mean if we had clearer ideas about what it means to choose a partner? And what if we were to teach our children that? Like, what if we were to be in conversation with them around what are the sorts of people that make your body feel safe? What are the sorts of people that, you know, this sort of behavior, how does it leave you feeling? Hello, lovely ones. This week on the podcast, I'm talking about why having kids can be so hard on relationships. And it's not because kids are so difficult, (laughs) but it is because of all sorts of other reasons. So come and have a listen, and I hope it's helpful. So the couples I usually work with are people that come to me after a transition. And unless, you know, something big has happened, something that's been unexpected, most of the people I work with come to me after a transition, like having a baby or their baby becoming a toddler or their kids moving into the kind of three plus age group or when their kids are teenagers or once their kids are leaving home and something about Um, something about their household or something about the relationships in the household are being renegotiated. Maybe there's a bit more space. Maybe there's like a tiny bit more breathing room where they just exchange sort of one demand for another. But people, something about in that kind of space between, look at their relationships, look at how their home is working and and it's often when they'll come for help. Um, And then this morning, I was reading an email from Kat Golden of Garter Stitch Farm. Her newsletter is so lovely, by the way, and I still sometimes make her sourdough. And in her email, she was just talking about the kind of the busyness of mornings and of life in this particular phase that that she's in and that I'm in as well. And she made a comment about her and her husband's body clock. So she's talking about how she gets up really early at like 5 a.m., and that she's always she's always had this body rhythm and it's feels normal and natural to her and really helpful. And that part of the way her relationship worked with her husband is that he has the opposite sort of body rhythm and he's much more of a night owl. And so they could kind of sub in and out. So she would happily do the mornings and he would do everything past like 8 p.m. And I love this so much because I mean, it was in the, like the context of other things, but I loved so much that she kind of speaks to the lack of this. Um, And I, I got to thinking about how there is so much lack in our relationships that we're kind of very loosely attracted to people in often very vague senses. So unless we have been taught how to interrogate this, we'll be attracted to somebody for lots of reasons. And I won't go into that now, like into the science of it, but we often don't interrogate, you know, much more, much further than that um, until we are pretty deep into the relationship. <laughs> and, and some of the things we'll only find out, some of the things, I mean, only we'll find out about ourselves or our partners will find out about them, themselves. Like when you have children or when you're going through one of these transitions. And so it's not a, it's not a story of, we should have done more investigation, although there is always that. And it's not a, a thing of fault. It's not like, oh, I've only this or I've only that, or it's this person's fault. It's just life is so messy and we don't get to know each other in these ways until we do. And then we have to kind of cope with what we do with that information and how we respond to that. And so something like our biorhythms 
is a huge piece of luck in the messiness of having kids and having a, a household of humans that all have different needs and different activities and different places to be. And that I think it's sometimes good to acknowledge the lack of these situations and the lack of within our relationships and within our lives that good relationships are not just because we are extra good at relationships, but because... Yeah, there's been all like this particular sort of mix that has worked well. And equally, if things have been really hard, it's not your fault. It's like there's a particular kind of cocktail of things that have that has happened. And it can be really like freeing and and useful just to look at what those things are. Like, oh wow, this thing made it particularly hard for us. And without this thing, you know, maybe it could have been a little bit easier or we wouldn't have been under as much strain or whatever it is. And I think it's such a sort of lovely, gentle thing to do just quietly to yourself or to chat with a friend about it around like what is the luck in our relationships or what is the the places in which we have been unlucky? And of course, we can always do things about our situations most of the time, but sometimes we can't. And sometimes that's just, you know, like what's in front of us, what we've been presented with and what matters most then is what we do with that and what we decide to do, how we decide to live around the things we can't change or the differences or the similarities that we have in our couples and relationships. And then I got to thinking about arranged marriages and how, you know, people find arranged marriages kind of problematic, I think, from a a woman's rights perspective. And I think sometimes there's also just some clear up racism happening there but a lot of people in the world are married via arranged marriages and sometimes this really works because there are like certain criteria that people are looking for and it's not the people getting married it's often parents and it's almost like there's more there are more eyes on this situation and yes of course sometimes these relationships are disastrous but equally sometimes they work and I wonder I wonder about that I'm just curious about it I'm not saying you need to have arranged marriages I'm just saying I don't think we have kind of clear ways in which we choose partners and that we're often very young and we have we live in a culture in which people are reluctant to weigh in. So we talk a lot about like staying in our own lanes and keeping our opinions to ourselves. And I think that something about living in like a more sort of connected or tighter communities where it it is acceptable for people to say, oof, not that one, or this is, you know, we feel this is a good match or whatever it is. And that there are also good parts to that. I wonder a little bit about the pressure of um, choosing our partners as well, that we have often these stories, like, and so often I hear in my therapy room around, like, I, I didn't know, or, you know, this wasn't apparent at the time, or like, how how could I have done this? And there's just, it sounds like a lot of pressure to put on ourselves, and particularly our younger selves, before things like children, all sorts of life situations that come up for us. And I wondered to myself, what would it mean if we had clearer ideas about what it means to choose a partner? And what if we were to teach our children that? Like, what if we were to be in conversation with them around what are the sorts of people that make your body feel safe? What are the sorts of people that, you know, this sort of behavior, how does it leave you feeling? I think Brene Brown talks about something, oh, I'm probably going to mess it up because I, I didn't look it up before, but it's about 
people who are light bearers or people that protect their light or something like that. And I think she talked to her kids when they were younger about there are people in the world that like help us to shine and will celebrate our own sort of shining, like our uniqueness and the, you know, how we are in the world that celebrate us and protect that tiny flame. And then there are other people, I don't know what she calls them, candle blowers or something. People who will like extinguish that light either by mocking or like derision of some sort or just not being supportive or not honoring the difference between people and how like wonderful that is and I wonder about like beautiful practices like that I'll try to link this in the show notes but what are the conversations that we begin to have when when our kids are small so not just talking about like grooming them for relationships not at all but talking about like if they're fights and friendships like oh how did like you know how was that for you or when that happened what what happened in your body or what made you feel better after that or you know what did you do next and just something around the language of what what is their experience what happens in their bodies and what do they need in response to those experiences so you're not teaching kids that everything will always be easy or that you know people will always be kind and always treat you with respect because of course they won't and you're not setting them up for that sort of disappointment, but equally you're not panicking when something goes wrong. And I think that this would be so useful in the way that we then think about choosing partners later on and having discussions about like, how does this relationship feel to you? And what are the parts that kind of are enriching to you? What are the parts that are tricky for you? And is that something you can have support with like now before you think about having children and um, working and kind of, using lots of energy just to survive financially and so yeah a bit of a tangent around the arranged marriages but I I really think there's something in there around firstly shared choice and discussion and having like particular ideas around what is important to you it seems like we've gone through a phase of choice being really important and I think it is but choice without guidance also feels I don't know like I agree that we need to give children much more freedom and at the same time I think we need to give them more guidance and I know those things sound kind of contradictory but I I would love to see um, young people and children feeling better supported to use choice in a different way rather than us just telling them what to do or telling them what is safe or what is the best thing to do. So yeah, okay, so I wanted to think a little bit about why it is so tiring and why it can be so hard when we have children and when we go through these kind of transitions and children like even if we have planned to have children they will descend into our homes or out of our bodies or arrive with us in some way and they demand a lot of care not because they are there's anything wrong with them they should demand care and they need care but the way that our world is set up means that we are expending a lot of energy just to survive financially and to be able to to do that and have children is a lot. We also don't often have mechanisms around how we are supposed to actually do parenting. Like I mean I mean literally like we don't have a lot of structure or kind of advice around how do we have these conversations about who's job is this or who takes responsibility for that or why is it expected that you know 
I'll just take care of that and you'll just take care of the other thing. We're not really taught to interrogate those assumptions and those kind of assumptions, familial assumptions, all of the things we've been taught and that we've kind of absorbed during our lives. We are not taught how to navigate that. And so we're landed often with children and are already doing sort of two people's jobs and um, and know a lot about child development now and how important it is. And so we've just like dialed up the pressure to just like maximum immediately. We don't often, I think, even know what type of help is okay to ask for. And even if we do, we don't know how to ask for that. And so I mean, like really literally, we are not equipped to add other humans often into these relationships. And I think because there's this sort of general sense that other people do it, and so we should be able to do this that in some way we make that mean that it's a failing if we can't or it's a failing if we're struggling or it's a failing if we just look like we haven't washed our hair in weeks and um have eaten toast for six months it's just those sorts of things we can really internalize without even meaning to and make it mean something about us and so of course it makes sense to me that relationships take a lot of strain in this time because, you know, we are in relationship with other adult humans and so their needs will become deferred, like our needs and their needs are deferred, as they should be when the care of small children, but equally we can't care for children when we are sort of empty. It's just, it's not possible. And so... Yeah, I feel like how are we supposed to meet our actual basic needs, like having enough sleep or having enough rest? How are we meeting our nutritional needs while we work full time and try to sort of survive financially? And how are we not more shocked that like more relationships don't fail? (laughs) Because I know there's lots of sort of shock around divorce rates and I have shock around how there aren't more divorce, like divorces that happen, particularly with people with young children. And I have shock around, yeah, how people kind of stay together with very little community support, very little financial support or backup if anything goes wrong. Um, I just don't really know a lot of the time how people are doing this. And it makes perfect sense to me when things start to feel really strained or really frayed or people have been living in this sort of survival mode for too long and then wake up and think ugh like I don't even know who you are and so yeah to get back to the very literal sense of caring the very literal sense of what are my needs what are my partner's needs what are the kids needs how on earth do we configure a life that at least some of the time meets these needs and literally how do we make space for this because I feel sometimes like we are living in our like emotional overdrafts and that's not yeah it's not a kind of safe place to be for our bodies for our relationships or for our children and yeah I feel like some of the load needs to be shared so some of what we take on our as ourselves as like individual units or individual families as tiny sort of nuclear families what of this can we share like how can we reconnect with each other around these like really life-altering experiences of raising tiny humans and how can we support each other in again in really sort of literal practical ways and of course emotionally too but Sometimes the emotional support is like secondary to the physical support, particularly in these kind of years of high need. 
And so, yeah, I just wanted to talk a bit about how I don't think it's surprising at all that relationships take strain and that if yours is taking strain, it kind of makes perfect sense that we are not machines and we have limited resources and we need to keep kind of looking after ourselves and have other people look after us and we just cannot do this all on our own. So if this is you and this like bringing up um, feelings for you, I think it's really useful for you to get in touch with somebody kind of local to you or talk to one of the like your friends and your friendship group or people at the school gate or just to start having these conversations putting up our hands and saying, ugh, this is really hard and I don't think I can do this on my own and I don't think we're supposed to. Um, so yes, don't wait to get support for something that seems not even that unusual and, and makes perfect sense. Okay, lovely ones, I hope you have a good week and I will be back in your ears for another episode next week. Lots of love. Bye. I hope you found this helpful. Please get in touch if you are looking to do couples work or individual work. I have space over the next quarter um, and I'm taking on new clients. So get in touch if you need to. Otherwise, I will see you over on Instagram and back here next week for another episode. All right. Thank you so much for being here today. If you'd like to get in touch, I'm on Instagram at grounded underscore families. You can send me a DM or a voice note to my DMs or an email. I'd so love to hear from you. Please do like, share and subscribe this podcast. It really, really helps to get the podcast out in front of more listeners. And I'll see you again next week. Take care.